listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this after an NBA Finals Game 1 win for your Lakers, 116-98 over the Miami Heat. Lots to digest from this one, but first, make sure you subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us uh, pretty much anywhere you get your fix. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And, of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com. We've got a great team of writers there covering you for all your Lakers needs. Uh, Join me back again this week, Anthony Irwin. Sounds like he's a little bit tired. I don't know, Anthony. It was a game one win. Why do you seem like you're a little bit depressed over there? Dude, I was stressing before this game. (laughs) Like, I was not – I was – I thought I was ready to get going for these these NBA finals. I had forgotten the amount of stress. I like I couldn't sit down for the first like two quarters. Uh I couldn't Jen and I started decorating the 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 house during halftime because again I couldn't sit down. So now that the adrenaline is finally starting to kind of come down here, I I you know, I'll 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 get back up. I'll be ready to go here, but I had forgotten how taxing. And then, by the way, like while the Lakers are playing a finals game, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a Dodgers game that kicks off. A Dodgers <laughs> playoff game in a series of three, which in baseball is basically a coin flip. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's, it, it's, uh, it's been a night that I don't think my heart can, can, can really take many more of. Well, I mean, it started off started off kind of slow. Lakers were down 13, you know, early early in the game, and, and it looked like Miami's zone defense was was giving them some problems. And then eventually, we started to see that break down. And of course, if you're hitting if you're hitting outside shots against the zone, that makes it a lot easier. Lakers shot almost 40 percent at 39 and a half in this game. Um, when when they started turning it around, and and you know, Harrison mentioned this, uh, or uh, Christian mentioned this part of me in his post game wrap up, uh, ESPN stats and info, Lakers first team in NBA history. Uh, to come back and 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 be leading by double digits after be trailing by double digits in the first half, so you see how fast that turned. What do you think the Lakers started doing right that that Miami just couldn't couldn't grasp at the, at that point of the game? Well, I I think the the key for the Lakers is always going to be can somebody not named LeBron or AD hit a three pointer to open up the uh, the opposing defense, and at some point uh, KCP hit two three-pointers they were back to back yeah uh, the Lakers were down double digits and when other Lakers start making shots like that the 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 defense has to react to it even if it's something like it's not even necessarily in their best interest to react to it you know you, you the 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 uh the thing the, the key usually is just to stay disciplined and and hope that eventually the Lakers cool off well in that first half they didn't and for most of the game they didn't and the Lakers wind up running away with it. But I, I thought the the absolute key, like you said a second ago, is just they hit a couple shots and they broke the zone a little bit. I also think like you can run zone against a youngish team in Boston. You can run zone against a one-dimensional team like Milwaukee, but you're not gonna fool LeBron James for very long with his zone. It's just it's just not gonna happen. He's eventually gonna find a crack. He's eventually going to get into uh, the holes of that defense, into the teeth of that defense, and either score himself or kick it out to to open shooters. And at that point, all you can do is hope that they miss. And, and uh, tonight or last night, depending on when you guys are listening to this, the Lakers didn't miss. See, and, and that's and that's the thing with this Lakers team. And you got to go way back. I mean, we're talking about a year ago now for the technically, I guess, the start of the 2019-20 season where – 
a lot of people looked at the roster and said, okay, the Lakers are going to be damn good because they have LeBron James and, and AD on the roster. And then after that, there was all this talk. You remember going into the season about, okay, who's going to be the third guy to step up? You know, Kyle Kuzma, maybe he can put in 15, 16 points a game, you know, throughout, throughout the, the season. Didn't really do that consistently. He's still third on the Lakers in, in postseason scoring. He's averaging just over 10 a game at 10 and a half. But I think that is one thing that the Lakers have shown that they don't necessarily need a specific third guy to step up each game. Uh, you look at Kuz's numbers for today. I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't do too great at all. He only played 22 minutes, uh, one of seven from the field at three points. But then, like you mentioned, I mean, a guy like KCP, okay, didn't have a great shooting night, but he finished with 13 points. Danny Green hit three, uh, three from deep. That's, that's 11 points from him. Uh, Caruso came in and gave you 10 points. And it's almost like it's hard, to, it's hard to stop the Lakers because, A, obviously controlling the King and AD is, is, is not easy. They're combining for 55 points a game so far in the postseason. But then you're getting close to, a, a, you know, by, by my math, it's about 36 or 43 points from combined from the rest of the regulars. And it's, if they're rolling like that, they don't need one specific guy. It's everybody does their job. They're so hard to stop. And I think that's what we saw in, in this game from Miami. You can play zone as long as you want. But like you mentioned, if KCP, playoff Rondo, Danny Green, they're hitting one out of every two, one out of every three pointers are taken. How are you going to beat the Lakers? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't mean to belittle Miami or the season that they've had to this point or the story that they've been in the bubble where they might be heading as an organization. I don't, I don't mean to belittle them, but I, I, I really think people are overthinking their predictions on this series when it comes to these two teams. Yeah. Now it sucks because well, first and foremost, I hope that Miami is healthy just because of the well-being of the players themselves. And you get to what is for many players or many athletes, the pinnacle of a lot of guys' careers. And then to get hurt, you saw the look on Goran Dragic's face. That, that, you know, that hurt me. Yeah. Uh, Bam, Bam Adebayo, who is having just an incredible run here in, in the bubble, uh, seeing him kind of holding his shoulder and, and – and I'm sure he was pretty distraught after the game. Uh, and then Jimmy Butler, like his, his ankle injuries, plural, didn't, neither of those looked very good. So, I, you know, first and foremost, I hope that those guys are okay. But I also hope that, like, if, if they aren't, that the narrative doesn't shift to, oh, well, Miami got hurt. No, the Lakers were dominating, dominating that game before those guys started going down. And, and I just think, like, the Lakers – are one of a handful of teams to get through the Western Conference playoffs, never going to, you know, never playing a series past five games. And this is a special Lakers team. And, you know, as, as, uh, as cute as it is to, to doubt uh, the Lakers and as great as that tends to generate uh, engagement and interest in whatever it is that you're saying, I, 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 I found myself kind of annoyed that now three rounds into it, we, we felt we followed that exact same trend of analysis where before the series starts, you know, you, you just got to watch out for these blazers. You got to watch out for these Houston rockets. You got to watch out for these Denver nuggets. And, and then during the game realize, well, you know, the, maybe Miami was kind of flawed. It's like, no, no, no. Why don't we, instead of in like you, you doubt the Lakers in the first place. And then as they succeed, instead of crediting them for their success, it's well, maybe that team that they're playing, isn't that good. Like, no, no, no. Let's just, we're allowed to give credit to the team that's winning. 
that's that's a thing that you are allowed to do and uh and and it sucks that it sucks that not so, if you're you the know, lakers, a lot though. of people can't do it <laughs> not if you're the lakers they, don't, they, they didn't get credit a lot of the season and you know we saw that with the clippers hype you know before the uh, pandemic and then even going into the restart in orlando that it was well you know you're not going to have the depth to 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 play against the clippers and and I, i'm looking at this and I said this before the series. I said this last week. I'm like, I don't, I don't think Boston or, or Miami is going to pose much of a threat to the Lakers. Like if, unless AD goes down with an injury or LeBron goes down with an injury, uh, obviously God forbid that happens, but um, what, you know, what's the next, how, do, how does Miami beat them? And, and, I, and again, you know, we can discuss this, that it doesn't matter what, what year it is in the, in the NBA, the, the team with the most stars and the best players is going to win, you know, provided they're healthy. And, and that's another thing I, I saw this season coming into it. And even if they played the Bucs, it's like, yeah, you got Giannis. Uh, yeah, you got a nice piece in, in Chris Middleton. But how are you going to compete with Anthony Davis and LeBron James basically deciding to pick you apart? They got nothing else to do there in the bubble and watch basketball, watch tapes, figure out what else, you know, what their next step is going to be. And, and, and I think that was, that was the difference because for me, this reminds me a lot of the last time the Lakers won the championship. Or pardon me, in, in 2009 uh, when they beat Orlando. It was – yeah, okay, the Magic have a nice pieces. Yeah, Dwight Howard was, was, you know, better than at that time, better than anybody, I think, than Miami has on, on the roster now. You know, Jimmy Butler might be close, depending on, on who you talk to. But to me, Dwight Howard at that point was playing at a higher level. But ultimately, that Orlando team, yeah, they might be able to shoot their way into winning a game or two, but they're not going to beat the Lakers four times out of seven. And I almost feel like that with, with Miami coming into this one. It's not, it's not just that LeBron and AD are – significantly better players than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but they also play the same positions and are also bigger than Jimmy Butler and Bam. Yeah. And like, I know it's simplistic. I know, I know I'm, I'm reductivist by nature, but in basketball, usually the bigger player tends to win, right? Like the, in basketball, usually, unless you're just special, right? Unless you're, you're, you're Steph, and can shoot from 35 and you know whatever but even he in the finals is you know is not exactly bulletproof in terms of in terms of his legacy there but for but generally speaking the bigger more athletic and now more talented team at at the top of the roster that team historically speaking so long as they don't outright hate each other like Kobe and Shaq did that team wins series. Like that's how, that's how these things usually go. And, you know, as, as, as fun as it is to go down the roster and, and find X factors and, and find strategic things that a team might be able to do to even things out at the end of the day, basketball is a fairly simple game and the team that is more talented at the top of the roster. You know, if you have two of the best two players in the series, you, you, you tend to have a pretty significant advantage and then on top of that, if you, if, if you are just bigger and more athletic than the team you're playing against, you're also going to have an advantage. And the Lakers have both of those advantages in, in, in droves. They, they're, just, they're just significantly better than, than, the, than the Heat are in both of those very important aspects of the game. That's right. And, you know, you look at the rebounding totals from, from today, the Lakers completely dominated the glass 54 to 36 overall. Uh, Lakers also shot 27 free throws, made 25 of them. Tough to lose, like I said off the top, if, if you're shooting 40% and 93 from the line, um, you know, you're probably not going to lose many games. And, and like you were saying, you know, you look at the size difference. I mean, and it's just the way the Lakers controlled the tempo once they got down early. 
it was it was just like a death by a thousand cuts. You know, there was nothing Miami could do to to stop this. And and you know, I'm watching it now, and you know, people are talking about okay, you know, Bam out of bio, and 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 you know, Zach Lowe mentioned in his breakdown, and, and I think Zach Lowe's great, but he's like, you can go with Jay Crowder guarding Anthony Davis and seeing it's like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. That's not gonna that's not a sustainable way to to beat the Lakers four times out of seven. If Jay Crowder Even might Jay have Crowder's one Crowder's mom is like, no, you can't, man. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. I mean, he, I, anybody who's who's reasonable would would have to look at that and say, damn, have you? And I know Zach Lowe is great at his job. I'm not trashing him. You know what I mean? But I'm like. That, that is not going to work. And, you know, we basically watch the Lakers play uh, every single game this season. And, and it's like, okay, they're not – that's not going to be a, a strategy that, that's going to be able to, to beat them four times out of seven. And you talk about the, the defense of this team. And, and, and when they're locked in like they have been, especially, you know, over the postseason – it's just, it, it seems like it's inevitable at this point. I don't, I'm not jinxing anything. Like I said, I think injuries, you know, aside, I just don't see a way Miami has, has any hope of, of beating the Lakers, especially four times out of seven. If, if it's an NCAA style thing where it's all right, one game, you know, it's a toss up, whatever. Sure. They, they might be able to beat them, but not, not, not in the way that the postseason is, is set up. And when you're mentioning, you know, like you're looking at, okay, Drogic is hurt and we don't know what uh, Adebayo status is going to be for game two, Jimmy Butler rolled his ankles. It's like, this is just digging the grave a little, little bit deeper for the heat. Don't you think? Yeah. I, and, and on the Drogic's front, uh, Woj and Shams both just tweeted out that, uh, he, he suffered a plantar tear of the left foot. So he's out for the remainder of the series. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't, I, I just, I just think this team is better. I, and not just, not just better than Miami. I think they are pretty clearly the best team in the NBA this year. Oh, like for sure. by, by a lot I, I think this is a very one of those special collections of talent uh that that all kind of came together and optimized each other and and is going to make it work and you know i i you know whether whether uh bam is okay or or butler is okay moving forward i just don't i just don't think those guys would have mattered much i think the lakers are just better than miami yeah, and, and and I'm with you on that. I just didn't, I, again, going back to that Orlando analogy, I just don't see a way um, that they were, that Miami's going to be able to beat them four times. Like I said, you might get, you might get a game, you might get two, but, I, and I'm not, dis- and like you said, man, I'm like, I'm not going to disrespect the Heat. They're, they're a damn good team. They've, they've proven that this was just their fourth loss of the postseason, but the Lakers are just head and shoulders better than them. And unless, you know, unless something goes crazy wrong, like it did for the Lakers back in 04 against a very, very good Pistons team, uh, there's, there's no way that, that that's going to happen. I want to jump into a few more topics with you. Uh, let's do that after a short break. All right, and, and we are back. Uh, you mentioned KCP. Any of the other bench guys really really stand out today for, today for their performance, uh, Anthony, in this one against the Heat? Uh, well, I, there were a couple, but I, I also, like, you, you use the uh, Magic as, as an example of, you know, what it looks like when maybe the the second best player in the in the series is on the other team or whatever, and and it you you would think it might e- even out. It turned out that Kobe and Powell were were both better than than Dwight in that series. But also, like that Orlando team was at kind of the forefront of this, you know, one big and four out, yeah, and and three point heavy barrage. So they were they had a math advantage on the Lakers that, you know, Miami still has in theory. But the Lakers aren't this version of the Lakers, this iteration of the Lakers aren't so unaware of the math advantage that they can't figure out ways to counterproduce it. Right. And, and I think, you know, with the Lakers so far in all of the series that they've played, they've been in, been at a math advantage disadvantage 
And what they've done is found ways to even that out and make it that much easier for LeBron and AD to dominate and, and, and have an advantage that there is no counter for. And, you know, one thing that they've really done a very good job of this year is really run guys off the three-point line or make them uncomfortable shooting. And you look at Miami tonight, they shoot 31.4% uh, from three-point range. And, like, that's – I think that's, a, that's, that's, that's what happens with the Lakers' defense when they're actually fully engaged. So I just wanted to bring that up because I think you make a really good point the, the difference being there, like the different eras that the Lakers played in now compared to back then and how this version of the Lakers, like the thing that can usually even out a talent disparity at the top of each roster is that mathematic equation. But in this case, the Lakers have found ways to, to even even that out and make it even more noted a, a disadvantage for the other team given that they're going up against LeBron and AD. And in terms of like bench guys, like I thought, I thought Rondo came in and really changed the game. Uh, I thought the Lakers were pretty listless offensively, and I thought, you know, he really injected some life and some pace into a pretty kind of sleepy Lakers team before mm -hmm. he got into the game. I think LeBron was was in that. Like LeBron, I think historically in the finals, I think is now something like two and eight in game ones of NBA Finals. And, and that's usually because he goes in there and he feels out the uh, opposing team, maybe plays a little bit too slow, leaves a little bit too much to chance, and either gets blown out as he did sometimes against just better Warriors teams or leaves it a little bit too much to chance and then loses one late. Uh, but I thought Rondo coming in there and really forcing the pace on Miami and open, opening the game up, getting into the cracks of their zone and kicking it out to open – willing and confident shooters, I, I thought really changed the game. Uh, was there anybody that you thought really, I, I thought Rondo in terms of just bench guys was probably the most important Laker. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mentioned KCP. What I mentioned is not one of the big two, but uh, KCP starts, but um, I love, I, I, I think Rondo has been great throughout the playoffs. I mean, he's had some off games, but for the most part, he's been pretty consistently good. Um, I, I would look at it and, and I just love what Caruso brings as well. You know what I mean? I, I just think that he doesn't get enough credit for, for his game, the way he's able to cut to the hoop. Uh, he's pretty consistent from the three point line. I, I love what he brings to him too. And I, and that's where I think this team is dangerous. And you, and you look at another guy like Danny green, who's, who's had a struggle, this struggles this postseason. He shot the ball fairly well today at three for eight from, from beyond the arc, you know, and he made a difference. He was plus 21 second to only AD. And I know that's a, that's a subjective stat, but you know, he, he's doing well. And, and again, man, I mean, I, I'm just looking at, at this and I'm like, Anybody I did, you saw some of the ESPN predictions, right? Like the Heat are going to win in seven. The Heat's like, no, they're not. I just don't understand. Like, I just want to get into how these people who cover basketball for a living actually thought Miami has a chance in this series. I'm telling you, the Lakers are not, again, barring any unforeseen circumstances, there is no way the Lakers are losing this series. Yeah, especially now. I think Drogic. Uh, being out for the remainder of the series probably ends well, and uh, an update on, on those. So he he, he suffered the the, tan, the torn plantar uh, fascia, but he he's going to be reevaluated. Re he could come back. And Malika Andrews uh, also tweeted out Adebayo's shoulder X-rays were negative, so we we don't know what what him and and Butler status will be for for game two. But Dragic could come back, I imagine, in this series. Maybe somewhere if it goes to game five or six, but who knows if we'll get that far? Yeah, I so. I think the question was like, how did that, how did those predictions happen? Yeah. So it's a couple things. One, like it's a tried and true tactic to, 
to, to generate engagement and interest in what it is that you're saying to crap on the Lakers, right? Because yeah. there's a whole bunch of people out there who enjoy watching the Lakers get crapped on and they're going to click on that because they're hoping that what you, that your analysis is going to come true. Uh, and then, and then Lakers fans are going to click on that analysis. Like hate, they're going to hate click on that analysis. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so I think, you know, that's part of it. There are also en- enough people though, that, that I don't really associate with just clickbait or, or, um, engagement whoring for lack of a better term, engagement prostitution. That's a good way uh, to put it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I like, like that one. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair <laughs> assessment of it. Like it, there are enough people who I, 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 I think were really thinking their way through the series that I, like one of, I think, the fallacies in NBA Twitter is that you want to say the thing that sounds super smart, the X factor thing. You want to be right with the factor that you think might swing the series and thus get credit if that thing does come to fruition. And I think for a lot of people who are looking at the series, they talk themselves into the depth that Miami offers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just think, for those who did that, they kind of ignored the way that, that these series usually tend to go, especially if like part of that depth was Jay Crowder playing out of his freaking mind in, <laughs> yeah, in the bubble yeah. to this point, like yeah. he's shooting like Ray Allen, man. Yeah. And yeah, he, he, he shot well again in last night's game. Uh, so, so that needs to, you know, be credited, but, but guys like Tyler hero, who's a rookie and it really struck me, so Boston isn't a very big team, right? Like Kimball mm-hmm. Walker's undersized, like 5'10". Daniel Tice is like 6'8", 6'9", at, at center. Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum are both bigger wings. So, so you know, that, that helps them. Marcus Smart is kind of one of those tweeners between point guard and shooting guard. But Boston is pretty small when you, when you really look at across their roster. And the Tyler Hero looked bigger against them then he looked tonight and he had the ball at one point tonight. He was guarded initially by, by Alex Caruso. He dribbles through the key and, you know, tries to get through obviously Caruso and then LeBron is waiting for him. And then Dwight Howard is waiting for him. And then Anthony Davis is waiting for him. And you just realize like, good God, this guy looks tiny. And, and part of it is not just like vertical height, but also just thickness. Cause he's, He's a, he's a rookie yeah. and Duncan Robinson is another rookie. I believe. Yeah. He's a rookie. Uh, and he's shooting have, the lights out too. I mean, he, he's been shooting, shooting the lights out as well in the, in the, in the bubble. Yeah. And, and so like, I just think if you're looking at depth and, and you're thinking that that's going to be an advantage, I wouldn't really want to rely on rookies like rookie role players in final series, especially against LeBron James teams. That's just not something that's usually going to go very well. So I think a lot of people talk to themselves into into some depth that I obviously I'm biased, but it's it's depth that I personally wouldn't have put a whole. Oh, you are Anthony. In. We we couldn't tell that you were biased, by the way. You know, I'm a, I'm a little biased. <laughs> I'll, I'll cop to it. But this is my thing, though. Like, quick tangent. I know I am biased. I understand, and I will acknowledge my biases and my analysis, and I'll try to overcome them to to be that much to to. I'll be so unbiased sometimes that Lakers Reddit will want to get me fired from every platform that I, that I currently work for. <laughs> and, and uh, the thing that kind of bothers me is that 
there are a whole bunch of people out there who can't also acknowledge their own biases, you know, and, 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 and I think, you know, in this case, a lot of people talk to themselves into some things that haven't worked out historically in terms of NBA final success because they couldn't acknowledge their, their anti-Laker biases. That's fair. That's where I could see that. And I think we've, you know, and people alluded to that earlier this week with, with Bill Simmons and Jackie McMullen talking, you know, about how, you know, the heat are going to be a legitimate threat and whatever. It's like, I, I don't know if these guys are getting paid by, by, <laughs> by the NBA, but like, come on, man, there's, there's, there was just no, there was no way that the matchups and the way it looked and the heat were playing awesome. And I, and I get that. But again, like you mentioned, they haven't placed a LeBron, they haven't faced a LeBron James led team. And, and, and when you're doing that, it's, it's, it's just a whole different ball game. And I just don't, and you mentioned the rookies, it's like, okay, you know, those guys are very nice pieces. I think they're all going to have very long and, and productive NBA careers. But right now at this point, yeah, I'm willing to go with a guy like Rondo who's been there before and, and been in games like this so many times uh, a guy like, um, you know, Mark T. Morris, he's been, he's been in the playoffs so many times. KCP has played next to LeBron James and now knows kind of what it takes. Danny green, of course, multiple championships for him too. So uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I just didn't see how this heat team could sustain the way they were playing against a team as good as the Lakers. Right. I mean, we talked all, all year about, you got the Lakers, you got the bucks and you got the Clippers. And once those two teams went out, it was like, this is a Lakers title to lose. And unless a team was playing insane and out of its mind, almost, I feel like the Raptors last year, although, Hey, don't hate me, Canada, even though I'm from there, I, I, I still love, I still love my home and native land, but like, let's look at it right now. If, if KD, KD doesn't get hurt last year, Clay possibly doesn't get hurt in that game six. And the way he was playing now yeah, that the Warriors probably win the championship, but everything kind of broke right for, for the, the Raptors to win it. And I think that was kind of the same thing for Miami. People were looking at it and thinking, wow, they're, you know, they, they dominated the Bucks and, and they beat the Celtics. It's like, yeah, but they haven't played against a team like the Lakers. And unless something catastrophic happens, there's no way Miami's beating the Lakers four times out of seven. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I just, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it because the analysis is so simple that repeating it gets kind of boring after a while. But a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the finals going up against a team with Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler as the best two players from the other team is not going to lose very often. No, that's just not going to happen. And, and, you know, I, I, again, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm mocking the people who really believed in depth, but, but I think this is a, this is a kind of consistent, we know it's a consistent error in, in the, uh, analysis of the the Lakers series that they've played in because we've seen it now four times like we've yeah. seen it four times heading into the series where it's like yeah AD and LeBron are the best two players in the series but but do the Lakers have anybody else in the top eight it's like the top the three through eight has never mattered if no, the two no, players no, at the top no, of no, the list yeah. are as good as LeBron and, and AD <laughs> you know I just <sighs> Well, that's the thing. It's like, and, and that was what I didn't understand about this whole whole process of going through the playoffs. Like, oh, they got to watch out. Dame Lillard, he's, gonna, he's not going to score 50 points a game. If LeBron James had to, he would have guarded him the entire time and made sure that right. didn't happen. Then it was, oh, I don't know. The league, you know, Houston looks good. And, you know, if James Harden gets going, it's like, well, we saw how that turned out after game one. And then it was, oh, the Nuggets, you know, they're just playing with amazing confidence. And the whole crap i'm sorry i'm gonna say that about when they were down 3-1 like oh, this is where the nuggets you know they're gonna start playing better it's like no 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 just give the lakers credit they're they are clearly the best team in the nba and people who didn't see that coming into this series i don't know what the hell they've been watching 
over the last three series, but there, there, was, there was no way that they, they were going to lose this one. Uh, I wanted to wrap up on, on this, and, and I don't know if you heard about Scottie Pippen. Uh, you know, sure, top 50 NBA player of all time, six-time NBA champion. Um, I'm going to read his quote, just a little bit of it, where he was asked, uh, he was in an interview with Business Insider about the, the, what he thinks about the, the bubble and, and how it's basically pickup basketball. He says, I'm going to be honest, it's not NBA basketball. It's not the hard grind. It's not the travel. It's not the fans. It's not the distractions. Really, to me, it's pickup basketball. I'm going to keep going here and go forward. And he goes, I look at Rondo. Rondo ain't made three-pointers his whole NBA career. Now, all of a sudden, he's in a bubble. He's probably at 50% or better. I haven't checked the stats. Well, Rondo's at 40, just under 45% coming into this game. Does this sound like an old man shaking his fist on his lawn about the fact that the players are going through this? This wasn't ideal for anyone, but I also think, considering the fact that these guys were away from their families for an extended period, not in their own comfort zones, I, I, don't, I don't diminish any team that, that would have won the championship this season. It'd be one thing if like one team was in the bubble and nobody else was, right? Like yeah. if, if, if all of the advantages that Scotty was talking about applied only to one of the teams and that team raced through the playoffs, or if those disadvantages that you were talking about were affecting everybody except for, you know, one of the teams that was running through the racing through the playoffs. But that's not the case. Like all of these teams are playing on even footing. The Lakers are playing 3,000 miles away from home. Uh, if anything, Miami is playing only a couple hundred miles away from from uh, Miami, and and so yeah, like I I just think is it sour grapes or whatever? No, and I think there's some of what you know some of what Scotty is saying is is somewhat true, but I I think he's applying it wrong. Like if he's saying that some of the numbers from these playoffs, when compared to individual performances across the years, like it should maybe be noted that they have been able to shoot in the same gym now for going on a couple months. And that makes shooting a little bit easier, but in basketball, like those, those individual numbers don't really matter as much as baseball. So I don't, I don't really think that is, is that big a deal. And, you know, I, I if you're, if you're talking about, I don't, I don't think Scotty would say that there should be an asterisk on whoever wins this thing, but he, if he did, or if anybody else did, I, I would just say like, you haven't been paying attention to not just everything going on in the bubble, but everything going on in the entire world where they're in a bubble because of a global pandemic that has yeah. now killed going yeah. on 210,000 Americans. <laughs> and while they're in this bubble, they're sitting here trying to speak up for societal issues and getting shouted down at every term by the president of the goddamn United States. So like, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's, it's unique circumstances that might help in some ways. But overall, if you were to ask anybody who's been a part of this bubble, they would tell Shotty, Scotty to, to go ahead and, and, and kindly calm down. Yeah, you know? it's like, come on, man. Uh, you know, it's, uh, again, we all wanted to see. I, I would love to have the Staples Center, you know, just down the street popping every time the, the, the Lakers are playing. Yeah. And it'd be great. It'd be awesome, you know, just being – in LA and, and, and being around it, of course, we all want to see that and Lakers fans getting to celebrate their, their, you know, what could be their first team's championship and team's first championship, pardon me, in, in 10 years. And, and, and the thing that's all we want to see. And, but I also think that the Lakers, um, the way the game is played and, and how they've 
they've kind of tweaked things around and, and, and the job that Frank Vogel's done, it's like everybody's on the same footing there, right? There's, there's no advantage. There's no disadvantage. Uh, you're playing. You're, there's no travel. It's, everybody's on the, on the same footing. So I don't think you could discredit a champion playing under, under these circumstances. Uh, I want to touch on one more thing before we go. Just the way the Lakers have, have played the, in this entire playoffs throughout most of the regular season as well, it just feels like we're talking about, you know, January and February, like it's eons ago, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was just such a long time between uh, the, when the pandemic hit and then they had the restart, but um, it's, it's almost like they're playing a way that is, is dominant defensively first and they're allowing their defense to dictate how good they are on offense. Right. And I think that's one thing that because of the way they're built, because of the sign, we, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot. I think over the years, you probably have touched on, oh, the big man's getting phased out. And, you know, you don't really need a great big man after the, the Warriors, you know, won uh, three out of five championships and, and made it there five times. And then you look at what the Lakers are doing now. Obviously, Anthony Davis, best center in the league, if, if you want to call him that, best power forward, whatever he is, that, that he takes the title. But I think if you're looking at, uh, I, I mean, in terms of the post game and, and playing in the paint, but if you're looking at, at, at how the Lakers are playing, all the other teams are, are so, you know, focused on, okay, we got to, you know, we got to, we got to play a, a, you know, space game and, 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 and a lot of threes. And so they're worried more about the offensive end, but they don't have guys like Dwight Howard sitting in the middle of the paint and protecting the rim. And, and, you know, Dwight is old and I'm not, I'm not denying that he's older. He's not the same player that he was but he has that physicality to him JaVale McGee can come in and alter shots and, and then you can put AD at the four and then you have LeBron who's massive himself at the three it's like how much of a factor do you think that has played as well yeah it's it's kind of interesting so one of the things that I've seen uh, uh you know talked about with this Lakers team and and LA in general and, and I think for for good reason LA is associated with Hollywood and and with TV stars and movie stars and music stars and and now it's influencers because now I'm old, uh, but but it's always associated with like the glitz and the glam or whatever. But when you really get down to it, the vast majority of people who live in LA, who live in Southern California, they are working class, trying to get by just as just as much as anybody, and are trying even harder than most because of how expensive it is to live in Southern California. And it's, it's really made me kind of realize how cool this, uh, this, this Lakers team is going, you know, given their identity where, yes, you have the glitz and the glam at the very top with LeBron and AD, where those guys are the super duper stars that, that make the car go. But the, the, the gas in the engine, the, the oil that, that allows this thing to really go is, the sacrifice and the hard work that that the role players take up every single game on defense. You guys like the, the basically yeah. the Lakers just tell their their role players, you guys go defend your asses off. AD and LeBron will handle the offense. And and even there, like what makes AD pretty special is that like he can do both. <laughs> like that's what's that's that's what's pretty cool about AD is that he can do both and be that kind of an impactful player on both sides of the ball every single night. But like, this is one of the things that I really wish this was being played in Staples center, because I, I do think, and we saw it in stretches of, of the season that when this team defends their butts off and they get out and run and they generate offense by turning the other team over or getting rebounds in the NBA. Now everybody's shooting so many three pointers that you're generating a ton of long rebounds that 
that, that uh, make it easier to leak out and get some more transition points there and be even more efficient in those situations. Like the, the, the city was really getting behind this team when they were able to watch them play. Mm-hmm. And now that they're on the verge of winning a championship, like it, it, it does make me kind of really wish that, man, it'd be cool for, for the city to be able to watch this in person. And even if, even if it wasn't in person, be able to go and sit at a bar and, and Marvel, because again, like the people who are buying those seats to finals games in Staples Center, like that doesn't represent the vast majority of the people who live in the city of Los Angeles. Most people are going to be sitting in a bar, you know, shoulder to shoulder with somebody from a very different background and just loving the way that this team goes about their business. And, you know, it's really too bad that, that we're all in this predicament. And I know it falls down to, you know, somewhere in the hundreds in terms of current priorities for a lot of people, but, but it would be so cool to see the city get behind this specific team, given the identity that it, that it shares with people who have actually spent time in LA. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I've been thinking that again, and and that's coming from a total first world perspective, considering what everybody's going through, um, you know, across the globe. But yeah, it's 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 something that I, I think people here are missing, and it just would have been a cool thing, especially um, with with Kobe's passing early in the year, and and how symbolic that's been throughout. I, I just think everybody would have rallied around around this team, especially here in in LA, and really Lakers fans. Um, all across the world. Although I do have to give you some credit. That was a very poetic reference you gave there with the, you know, we have LeBron and, and, uh, and AD kind of, you know, running the engine, but then the gasoline. That was beautiful, man. You've been working on your poetry since you moved to Texas? Oh, you know, every so often. I, I at one point was a writer. I, I initially got into this to be a writer, and then I realized <laughs> speaking is a lot easier. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to deal with Harrison editing everything I say on a podcast. <laughs> Well, the funny part is I started off as an on-air guy and I've shifted into being a writer now. So <laughs> I realized I'm like, damn, it was a lot easier to sit behind a mic and talk for five minutes an hour. Um, yep. Well, we'll wrap up on this. Uh, predictions for game two. Uh, assuming Goran Drogic's not going to be able to go. Uh, looks like Bam out of bio severity of his, of his shoulder injury doesn't look to be too bad. Again, uh, we're not going to get any, any read on that. And you got Jimmy Butler's ankles. But um, any predictions you got going on for game two, which is coming up on, on Friday? I think we get the desperate, like Miami, you know, the one win that they get. Or no, no, nah, I take it back. I think the Lakers win this one and then Miami wins game three uh, so that that series isn't completely over. But I think Miami or the Lakers, you know, figured some stuff out in the first half or even when both teams were fully healthy. And yes, the Lakers shot better than they are normally ever going to shoot. But it's about the type of shots that they were generating. And the type of shots that they were generating felt very sustainable. And now that those guys have seen the ball go through the rim for some, for, you know, guys like Alex Caruso, it's his first time in the finals. You know, he hit that huge shot at the end of the first quarter that gave the Lakers the lead there. I thought that was a monster shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hits that one in the left corner and he is now seeing the ball go through the basket uh, guys like Rajon Rondo and Danny Green have already been there, so it's not as big a factor for them. KCP saw the ball go through the basket, and and that's going to really help him kind of moving forward in this series. So I think I think the Lakers win Game Two once again fairly handily. I think maybe not as handily as we saw in last night's game, but but I I just think they're the better team. Like I, I think that's where we are in the analysis of the series. Yeah, I, I think uh, Eric Spolstra is a, a great. NBA coach. I think he's, he's 
he's underrated almost, and, and I think he's done a masterful job. I think he'll make some adjustments too, and, and they'll see you know maybe some different looks with their with their personnel. I, I think the Lakers win a, a closer game in, in game two. I think it'll be a six to eight point win. I'm trying to break it down from my gambling knowledge, even though I never win. So it don't don't follow my picks, whatever you do. But um, I'm I'm gonna say they win they win six to eight, and then you see the prototypical the desperate team will win game three, and then I think the Lakers win this one in in five once again. Yep, that's that's where I'm at too. All right, well, we'll wrap up this, this uh, episode on that. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. You can catch us uh, pretty much anywhere you get your fix. Like I mentioned, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And, of course, silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. Harrison, Christian, Sabrina, the entire crew there, getting you covered all the way through the finals. Lakers up one nothing. Game two goes on Friday. We will talk to you all again next week. <laughs>